Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. And this week, very special co-host, who are you? Sliceberg. How's it going, man? Pretty good, Adam. Pretty good. After Christmas type stuff. Yeah, we're recording this in that mid-Christmas New Year's week where everyone's supposed to be doing nothing. But I'm a fucking tyrant who runs this network with an iron fist, so I demand people still work during that week. So here we are. Sliceberg is my co-host on a podcast called Pod 6 about the movies of Spike Lee. And uh, we're talking about, over the course of the next two episodes, we're talking about the 10 best hip-hop conspiracies of all time. What makes them the best? They're the ones I like the most. That's really the only criteria. I didn't take it to the people and ask them to decide. Just threw a list together, handed it off to Sliceberg, and now we're going to talk about it. I think I did an all right job. There's some weird shit on this list. It is. The very first one, I think, sounds like it's the weirdest, but it's also one of the most compelling and plausible. Like, it's not at all impossible that that this is the case. The conspiracy is Dr. Dre started the Burning Man Festival. Ever been? You ever been to Burning Man? I have not, but after his description of it at that time, 95, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I think I would, I would go to that. A lot of people just, what, naked, going crazy, yeah. drugs? I don't know if I want to be with that many people <laughs> when I'm high in the desert on drugs. Like, maybe just me, like some Jim Morrison shit. Just go out in the desert, do peyote, <laughs> talk to cacti for a while. But, uh, yeah, this theory, it's the it's a little misleading in name. The suggestion isn't that he started Burning Man, because Burning Man technically started in 1986, which was the same time he was starting N.W.A. You ever heard that first N.W.A. album? It's called N.W.A. and the Posse. It's been a while, but I, I checked it because you mentioned it. Uh, I concur. It's not that great. It's really bad times. They didn't find their identity yet. Yeah. The album I think everyone regards as the first NWA album is straight out of Compton, which is, man, if you listen to that, it still fucking holds up. If most of those songs came out today, they would still fucking kill. But uh, that first album, mm, bad, bad times. Bad times. It's skippable. Skip it. A lot of songs by the Fila Fresh crew, whoever they are. Hey, what's that? What was that about? <laughs> yeah, it was like a compilation album. It's got it starts off really strong. It's got the original version of Dope Man and the original version of Eight Ball, and then it's just nightmare from there. Hey, about him discovering this. Uh huh. He started Burning Man the same way Columbus started America. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Hey, some people here doing something. I can make money off of this, possibly. I don't know. They're here. <laughs> We can exploit this. These people who are here, we can exploit them. Yeah, you're right. That's how America was founded. Yeah. So fast forward to 1995 or rewind to 1995, depending on how much you're following along. Dr. Dre is in the desert somewhere in Nevada with Hype Williams scouting locations for the California Love video, which did indeed take place in the middle of the 
desert. That doesn't strike me as the kind of thing the director and artist do. There's usually like a scouting location person. Good call. Yeah. Is whether those two specifically are out there doing that? Maybe hype. I can give it hype, but not Dre. Yeah, they were both huge at the time, so they certainly wouldn't need to. But I guess quality control reasons. I don't necessarily have to edit all the podcasts on this network, but I edit most of them. Just because right. I am i don't trust anyone more than myself to cut the stuff that I don't want people to hear. <laughs> like, it's not anything beyond that. Right. Now, I'm simply too... Is Dre always a stickler behind the scenes traveling with the director or video he was in? You know what I mean? He does seem like a bit of a perfectionist. I mean, the Detox album was supposed to come out like five different times over the course of 12 years. And then he eventually was like, nope, yeah. I don't, I'm not going to do it. But here is another album that's not that good. Thanks, Dre. Remember the Compton album? Oh, yeah. It was praise, but eh, eh. You think Dre was scoping locations would keep their heads ringing? I need something post-apocalyptic. <laughs> yeah, I wonder where they went for that. Probably New Jersey, something like that. Yeah, they filmed part of World War Z in New Jersey, and I've always thought that was funny. Really? It's like, well, we need some place that looks like the apocalypse already happened. Let's head to New Jersey. <laughs> so weird as it seems, Hype Williams and Dr. Dre are the ones in the desert scouting locations for this video and while he was there he wrote a letter to his then girlfriend which i think even by 1995 i was over that kind of shit yeah you say letter but what you really mean is original text yeah this letter is so it's very thirsty yes it almost seems that the talking to her is coincidental because the focus of the letter seems to be that he's really excited about about him and hype scoping this area out and these people in the middle of the desert. Yeah, he does just sort of throw in the romantic stuff at the beginning and the end. It's like Kurt Cobain's suicide note. Right. Where it's just all a fan letter and then there's four suicide lines in different handwriting at the end. And everyone was right. like, yeah, he obviously killed himself. <laughs> all right. Should we read the whole letter? Yes, please. Here it goes. It's a little long, but not that long. Nicole, hopefully you're doing well. And you realize you need to quit fucking with Sedale and come home to your doctor. I will take care of you, baby girl. I should clarify there. Sedale? Sedale Threet, who was an NBA player uh, that Nicole was married to at the time. She no longer is. Played for the Lakers, didn't he, back in the day? Yeah. Yeah. So Dr. Dre is uh, breaking up a happy home here. The second part of the letter. I'm in Nevada with Hype, looking at spots for this new video we're shooting for that single I told you Pac is going to be on once he's out. It's called California Love. We met a bunch of crazy naked motherfuckers in the desert today. They were putting up some type of giant wood man. I guess they have a big party here for a bunch of days. I asked them how much they made. Or shit. God, his handwriting sucks. Hey. Can I make a joke about his handwriting sucks because he's a doctor? <laughs> okay, that's all I want to say. Yeah, that was solid. <laughs> I asked them how much they pay. They said nothing. I was like, no money? Someone should get behind this shit and make some loot off these fools because they said there will be at least 5,000 people. I think I'll have my office look into it just to see if there's easy money to be had here. I'm about to pass out, girl. Wish I was up in that ass. 
See you back in L.A., Dre. I love the ending of that letter. Yes. And can I say something? You read that with the same excitement on the particular parts of that letter where where he put it at? Because that letter is loaded. Because that letter mentions breaking up a home between Nicole and Sadell. It mentions the beginnings of Burning Man. It mentions him hanging with Hype Williams. It mentions Tupac coming home. And just at the end, to put the cherry on top, I wish I was up in that ass. Yeah, it, it, it checks a lot of boxes in it does. a short amount of time. It's like a Beatles song. A lot of yeah, things fuck- are happening, but it's only like two minutes and 12 seconds. This shit belongs in the fucking Smithsonian or something. This is history. This documents so many things in this one day. I wonder where this letter is besides just on this Tumblr account that is mm. solely dedicated to this Dr. Dre letter. This fucking hip-hop history needs its own wing. And here's the thing. It seems like a crazy theory still. But not really. Like, once you hear that part of the letter, Dr. Dre, by 1995, was doing really well. He was on Death Row. Death Row was doing great by this point. They're talking about Tupac's All Eyes on Me album, and that comes out like a few years into Death Row being really huge. So he was probably looking for investments at the time. And what's weird is that letter was written in 1995. And if you dig into the history of Burning Man, that following year is the first time there is a formal business partnership set up to claim ownership of the name Burning Man. So if it wasn't Dr. Dre, someone shortly after he wrote this letter decided Burning Man should be a business. And I mean, coincidence, maybe. Possibly. I buy it a little bit just for the fact that, again, in that letter and the way you read it, his focus seemed to be not in the Tupac's coming home, that this gathering is something. And that was the bulk of the letter. This gathering can be profitable. More so than Tupac, Ass, and Hype Williams. That's what his focus was. This can be big. He's clearly excited about it. Right. It's not his venture. He just discovered, he quote unquote discovered it, but he's really into this somehow. I want my people should do something. And. Here's the thing. Not just does that formal partnership start the next year. Ever since then, Burning Man has been run by an outfit called BlackRock LLC. So it's not really clear who the main person behind it is. And it's been that way also since Dr. Dre wrote this letter. Also, 1996, last year they held Burning Man without a fence around it. In 97, they put up a fence with just one point of entry so they could collect ticket money from everyone and that's also the year tickets went from $35 to $65 to $75 so someone stepped in in 96 and decided to start making money off Burning Man is it possible that if let's assume Dre is associated with it somehow just for the sake of the brand to not in any way be publicly known you know to keep it the audience it is you know what I mean like Let's not let people know Dre is any way financially linked to this to keep the perception. Yeah, I would think that's what it would have to be. Right. Because it would be a weird association that he would just get questions about for the rest of his life. Yes. And it would be a distraction. And also, if you really dig into the details of what people allege happened here, the people behind Burning Man were having trouble coming up with the money to secure the permits to do it every year and they argue that dre stepped in and was like well i'll handle that every year in exchange for a cut of the ticket money which for him that's a really easy investment he doesn't have to help run this thing 
He doesn't have to plan it. He just pays a little money each year and gets a return on that money. I mean, I'm assuming he's not even paying the permits now. He's probably just collecting money off it if this is a real thing. So I believe this one. I mean, there's no way I can prove it, and it wouldn't be that. Like, if someone did give me definitive proof, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that does make sense. Like, it's not that serious. Right. It's almost not conspiracy. It's almost like just good business. Yeah. On everyone on everyone involved. Yeah, it would be a really smart investment on his part. Because, again, really hands off. You don't have to do anything. Although, what if he has secretly also been very involved in the planning hmm. All the art installations. <laughs> the Burning Man probably has a Beats logo on it somewhere now. I can buy that because if he's scoping video shoe locations, he's definitely micromanaging Burn, <laughs> Burning Man behind the scenes. They did move it shortly after this letter happened. Really? They moved it to a different location. So, yeah, maybe. Wow. Maybe Hype Williams found that, too. Wow. Another, another uh, silent investor. <laughs> so, I like that theory. I think I buy it. Yeah. This next one, though, I'm not quite so sure, but I'm also not quite unsure that 3-6 Mafia are devil worshippers. This is ripped from the headlines because of a recent Bone Thugs in Harmony versus 3-6 Mafia versus battle, which uh, turned into a fight because Busy Bone thought he was being mocked from the stage. And man, Busy Bone is a loose fucking cannon. Love it. Every second of it. I saw it live. It was like NBA game. It got so chippy. It did. And they, when that happened and they removed Busy Bone from the stage, 3-6 <laughs> Mafia, like, they almost got inappropriate with the jokes. They were like, get him his pills. Yeah. Because he's got, like, a long history of mental illness. There were low blows. A lot of low blows. A little bit. <laughs> that all was precipitated by Busy Bone going on Instagram and putting up this, uh, very, very, very long Instagram post about how 3-6 Mafia needed to denounce Satan at this versus battle. And if they didn't, then they're devil worshippers. I call bullshit on busy side just for the fact that, well, one, 90% of rappers have demonic imagery in, in their shit at some point. Two, Bone has a lot of demonic shit in their early imagery. A lot. And they addressed that. I know Crazy said a lot of label execs pretty much control album art, things, promotion shit, and put in what they want. It's up to the rapper to either go with it or maybe they lean into it and say, you know, fuck it, yeah, we worship the devil. But a lot of rappers have that, and Bone's not an exception, so that's a little uh, hypocritical from Busy's part, in my opinion. Yeah, it seems like, especially like around the time Bone first came out, which would have been, it was like mid-90s, I think. Yeah, around 90. Four ninety five, yeah. Like especially with Southern rap, it seems like hell and things of the like <laughs> were a yeah. really big deal on album covers. And this is around the time like horrorcore starts, and now you got yeah. motherfuckers like Tech Nine, who probably is a fucking devil worshiper. That motherfucker's crazy. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I think with Three Six Mafia, it's more the name they chose, which I've actually always taken it as a gang reference. Because I grew up in the Midwest, and the two really big gangs in the Midwest are the Gangster Disciples and the Vice Lords. And 3-6 Mafia is from Nashville, I think, which is basically the Midwest. It's like cusp of the South, and but still in the Midwest. And 
Gangster Disciples and Vice Lords are the two big gangs in the Midwest. And both of them, but especially Gangster Disciples, have a lot of satanic stuff in their imagery. If you look into it, a lot of gangs do. MS-13 does. So I, I always just took this as a gang reference. And I was able to find a reference to 666 in the uh, very wild Gangster Disciple literature that is posted on the internet. And it says 666 is a reference to three wars that happened in 76, 86, and 96. I don't know what those wars are. Maybe Gangster Disciples were working with the Reagan administration and <laughs> fucking things up in South America. I have no idea. But uh, I don't know what it means beyond that. But that's always what I thought this was, was that a reference to that. And that's interesting. You grew up in the Midwest, but I'm from the East Coast, so I, I took it at face value growing up. If it's 3-6 Mafia, I figured it's just a cool-ass way of saying you worship the devil. I didn't know about the Midwest gang life at that time, so I took it literal. Like like most rappers, I mean, it just kind of goes hand-in-hand, hand, like rock and roll. The, the devil's there. It's part of the music. Yeah, that's the other thing. There's There's such a long, long history of rock musicians like all kinds of artists like all throughout history especially with artists yeah all genres yeah yeah using satanic imagery in one way or another and a lot of cases just because it's provocative like if you go and look at alice cooper in his early days he was just a shock to the sensibilities of so many people but if you watch those concerts now, it's like, this is the corniest thing I've ever seen in my life. But he was, at the time, it was very shocking. And he was just like, he didn't actually want to murder little people on stage. He just made it look that way on stage because it was entertaining. Behind the scenes, he was like playing golf and starting hot dog restaurants and shit. So, yeah, it's a common thing. And it's hard to, I don't doubt that there's some some Satan worshipers in music. There's sa there's people who worship Satan in r real life. I don't know how beneficial it is, but they do work a bunch of satanic imagery into what they do. But also, it seems like it hasn't. I mean, they won a Grammy, but it doesn't seem like it's helped that much. It's not like they've had a stranglehold on music this whole time. They had like that one moment when they got lucky enough to be on the Hustle and Flow soundtrack. What a great movie. And then after that, it was they were just back to, like, the master P of their region. Maybe that was a deal. Hey, Satan, can we <laughs> win a Grammy? That's it. I just wanted, we won a Grammy. That's all, really. That's not too much, is it, Dad, Satan? <laughs> they should have asked, asked for more in retrospect. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you test it. Like, I doubt it works. Holy shit, it worked. We should ask for more. <laughs> <laughs> it does make people want to talk about them, though. It's still... A thing that's being brought up in 2021 when they embark on a versus battle. Also, I don't really care. Like, if they want to worship Satan, fucking do it. Doesn't mean I have to. I don't think they're going to open any portals that are going to send demons into the world that are going to destroy us. That's just movie shit. Yeah, I don't I think, think DJ Paul isn't that much of an alchemist. Um, <laughs> also, it's, it's just like, it, I don't know what Busy's uh, endgame is or was with it. Like, okay, it's... I think that's hype, just a show, just like wrestling. Like it's because you can attack any rapper. He, if that's the case, he he should have a long list of other rappers who do the same thing, if not his own group members. Like it's just come on, man. It's it's, it's pointless. Yeah, and what was he gonna do if they did denounce Satan? Right. That would that would almost been more awkward because then you got to be like, <laughs> uh, okay, 
I guess we're done here. Thank you. <laughs> I've been busy, Bone. I'm going to go back to the green room and not participate in any of this. Yeah, because he's off his meds. <laughs> but all of that said, when I was researching this, I found a very weird article from 2013. It's an interview with 3-6 member Gangsta Boo, who was the woman in the group. This article, it's an interview on Yahoo Sports, naturally. That's so weird. And it wasn't just they posted an interview from somewhere else. Like, it was one of their podcasts that interviewed her. And then it all went up on Yahoo Sports. And uh, in this interview, she talks a whole bunch about experimenting with witchcraft after joining the group. Here is one of her quotes. I dibbled and dabbled in witchcraft because I was young and I wanted to know what the dark side was about. I've always heard about it, and we were in this group called 3-6 Mafia, so I wanted to be as dark as possible. That's a weird quote, I guess. I mean, she was young at the time, and people experiment with stuff like that, but you would think even then, like, upon joining the group, someone would have been like, uh, by the way, the 3-6 thing, it's just our name. Like, uh, we actually, we go to church every Sunday, not the Church of Satan. Uh, it's all very pleasant, so... Uh, don't don't worry about that. Just just a name. She apparently was not told that because she started uh, dibbling and dabbling in witchcraft. I don't know if dibble is even a thing. It's not. But so <laughs> <laughs> so my thing is, did Yahoo Sports? I, I can't remember. Did they ask her this, or did she just submit this information just just for the hell of it? Like if no one asked you that, that's a pretty specific thing to bring up. No, I'm. They did ask her about it. They asked her about the the rumors that they were Satanists. Because even back in 2013, those rumors existed. I mean, that's going to happen. If you they, you call yourself 3-6 Mafia, they're not from the South, but they're sort of from the South. And uh, I imagine Satanic imagery goes over even worse in the South than it does yeah. in other parts of the country. The Bible Belt, yeah. Yeah, that, that's where religious people are fucking getting bit by snakes on purpose and talking in tongues and shit. <laughs> but why is Yahoo Sports inquiring? It's just such, what are they doing with this information? <laughs> are there stats involved in this? <laughs> What's crazy is it's not even going to be the last Yahoo Thanks. article that we pull a reference from. Yahoo, I'm, I'm telling you, that's how you know if an outlet is uh, being monitored and controlled by the government. Like, I am confident Yahoo is not. I'm confident Newsweek is not. Hmm. I'm confident the Daily Beast is not because they have all recently covered very huge stories that should have been huge on the Washington Post and the New York Times, uh. but they just weren't for some reason. It's not like, like, how do you find out that there is a nationwide network of like 50,000 spies that the Department of Defense has been putting together for like the last 10 years and the Washington Post doesn't run that on the front page, that is huge news. And it was not reported anywhere but Newsweek. Wow. That's, that's good to know. So those are the, the ones that seem like they're staying true. Yeah. So okay. you heard it here first. I trust you, Newsweek and Yahoo hmm. Sports. <laughs> Yahoo Sports is giving you hard-hitting shit. <laughs> hard-hitting hard satanic worship in rap music news. Here's another quote from Gangsta Boo. I bought a witchcraft book and my mama put me out the house. It's not that I was sitting in the circle practicing Illuminati scriptures or whatever. I was just young and when you're young, you explore. I was exploring 
And I do like certain things about the dark side because it's mystic, it's wicked, it's sexy. You know, I like to be mysterious. What are Illuminati scriptures? Is that a thing I should know about? I think so. I'm going to look into that. Can I find those online, like the Gangster Disciples literature? It's got to be, cause, and I'm sure it's, you need to obtain so many bowls of knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> you, have, you have to be knowledge a bowl. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ooh, nailed it. All right, let's talk about this next <laughs> theory. Do you remember Troop? Yes, I do. The clothing line. Most people back in that time, uh, late 80s hip-hop was, was a staple. Yeah. If anyone listening isn't familiar with what Troop clothing looked like, go watch any LL Cool J video from his first two albums. Like, especially the the video for I'm Bad. The, he's wearing all sorts of Troop in that. It was kind of expensive. It was a really cool clothing line for a while. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there were these rumors that they were owned by the KKK. And man, they were not able to beat those rumors, which is pretty crazy. Uh, pre-internet. Yeah. Pre-internet was good for getting things started word by mouth, but it also can fuck you. Because if it's something bad, you there's no way to get your word out that it is wrong. So you're kind of, you live and die by public opinion back then. So if they thought it, it's true. And you're finished. Yeah. And there were, there were rumors like this about a bunch of, not a bunch, but a few different companies. Snapple, mm-hmm. at one point, people said was owned by the KKK because one of the ships on their early packaging was said to be a slave ship. But it was actually a ship from the Boston Tea Party. So it probably wasn't used for slaves until much later. Right. Like more, like more recently. <laughs> um, yeah. I didn't know the reason for that. I did know as a kid we heard that, and and this was a time we all enjoy drinking delicious Snapples. So it was like, fuck. Okay, we didn't know the reason. We just like, I guess it's KKK juice. That Snapple peach tea, mm, that's living right there. Also, Marlboro, it's not like an actual K, but if you look at their logo, it says Marlboro, and then there's this shape above it that is like a rectangle, but then uh, there's like a V carved out in the middle, so it looks like a K. And there's one of those on each side of Marlboro's. And uh, so people said that means they're owned by the KKK. And probably not. They just, like, they just kill people. Like, they don't, they don't discriminate. Right. And I think that's what happens when you smoke and look at anything too long. You're going to find three Ks on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just another bullet. Pretty much. Oh, got it. Three Ks. <laughs> So Snapple and Marlboro obviously overcame these rumors. Troop did not. They were especially susceptible to it because their market was predominantly black and Hispanic. Like according to their sales manager, it was 95% black and Hispanic. Right. So not going to but it seems like the KKK rumors would do more benefit for the other two brands as opposed to Troop. That's more of a plus right. for the other ones like... <laughs> you're drinking you pop a snap open you read the top it says what the latest kkk newsletter is you say hmm yeah and you continue drinking it <laughs> but you're not you're not wearing troop <laughs> yeah that, there would be a whole part of the the nation that would just embrace snapple and marlboro more right they, even today yeah that would happen they'd be it's free speech you can like whoever you want exactly <laughs> but troop it didn't go so well One of the rumors was that because they were owned by the KKK, the name Troop 
was actually an acronym that meant to rule over oppressed people, which is crazy because it requires that people believe the KKK thinks black people are oppressed. And that is not their business model. They think black people need to be more oppressed. Right. They're getting too free and that it's threatening our white way of life. So they're not there's no way the KKK would refer to black people as oppressed. Don't you hear these kind of things always have slick ass acronyms to try to help support it? Like, oh, come on. got. I mean, look at look at truth. I mean, look what it stands for. I mean, it makes sense, right? What I don't get about it is what would be the point? Like what? So you're selling clothes to black people. That'll show them. Like, that's not right. You're not really hurting anyone. You're just giving LL Cool J recognizable sweatshirts to wear in his videos. If anything, it was just a rumor started by a rival clothing company. It's probably started by Carl Kanai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damon John, something like that. The other rumor was that if you cut the lining of the jacket open, there would be a slip of paper that said, thank you, N-word, for making us rich. That's like, ugh. For one thing, that would be an extra cost in the production line that most companies just aren't going to – like, that would be frivolous spending. Two things. One, no – and I can speak for all black people when I say this. If any black person bought a troop jacket, I can guarantee you we're not cutting this shit up. And two, (laughs) if we did and saw that in there, that would be so dope. Like, I got the authentic one that that tells me – it's like says nigga or something. Like, this, this is real shit. Like, it, it, yeah, we wouldn't care. Like, it, one would not find out if it did. I'd be impressed. Like, wow, they went the extra length. This is, you should be charging more for this. This is the nigga yeah, edition. <laughs> flip that on eBay, Oops. put yeah. in parentheses, original racist note included. Ooh, that's collector's item. It's a 600, it's a $600 coat now. Every 1,000 jackets has the N word in it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good marketing tool. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a golden ticket. You get to go go visit the troop headquarters, but they just don't let you leave when you get there. Very scary. (laughs) This also, this troop rumor, it led to like dueling LL Cool J rumors. One was that he went on Oprah and publicly denounced troop as being owned by the KKK. The other rumor was that he was in the KKK and was working on their behalf to promote troop so black people would buy it. Between those two things you just said, the latter one is the more believable because anyone knows Oprah, even at that time, did not fuck with rappers. So LL Cool J was never on, I doubt was on Oprah anytime yeah. when, that would, when he was especially wearing troop. So no, he was not on Oprah <laughs> at any point. Yeah, there's another theory we didn't include on this list uh, because there wasn't much information about it. But there is a conspiracy theory that claims rapper Big Daddy Kane went on Oprah once and said he had AIDS. Like, there would be video of that. It's Oprah. It's not like they're burning the tapes afterwards. Again, see first one, no rappers on Oprah in the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) It just wasn't happening. So this rumor about Troop was not true. They were owned by two Jewish dudes and a Korean guy. And at one point, their sales manager... A black man named Wesley Mallory sliced open the linings of a bunch of troop jackets during a press conference to prove that the rumors were false. But it did not matter. They were bankrupt within five years of forming. Wait, was that the the twist? That kind of like a twist when you revealed who really owned it. Yeah, there's still some weird racial connotations. You know what I mean? Like, either way, it's like, well, (laughs) what are we doing? (laughs) 
Yeah. That's definitely not for us by us. That is a whole that is a whole different brand. Like, look, no KKK. We just got two Jewish guys, a Korean guy, but a black guy is the sales manager and he's pretty good. That's odd. Yeah. Weird makeup of that board. Now she revealed who it was. I think the room I I'm gonna put out there, I think it was Carl Kanai then. Yeah, now it makes sense. <laughs> I mean, Carl Kanai did take off pretty shortly after this. Yeah, he did. I looked it up recently. He's still making clothes. Yeah, he is. He just, you find him now, like, unfortunately, like, TJ Maxx is. Like, he's been downgraded. Yeah. Not cool anymore, I guess. Let's bring that shit back. Should be back by now, right? It's the 90s. We should be wearing Carl Kanai yeah. big-ass sweaters now and shit. Cross colors? No more polo. Carl Kanai. I'm saying it. Yeah. Bring back cross colors. I want to wear some gigantic green jeans next time I'm out in public. Hell yeah, with some Tim's. Let's talk about another theory. I had never heard of this one. This is not really a conspiracy theory. It's more of a rumor that has been spreading for, uh, I guess, around 20 years now, which is that uh, Styles P from The Locks has a, a verse out there where he, uh, he disses Aaliyah shortly after she died. And uh, people really like Aaliyah, so they're not going to take kindly to that news this was news to me yeah i had never heard of this but back around the time she died styles p was involved in a beef with damon dash from rockefeller records good beef. and Aaliyah was dating damon dash so at some point during this this conflict styles p is alleged to have said this in a verse rock the boat rock the boat that's one less bitch in a Rockaware coat, which, uh, yikes, because she was filming the Rock the Boat video uh, before she died. That's why she was in the Bahamas, I believe. Yes. So uh, that would be a very harsh thing to say. I would doubt someone would say that back then, but it, it wouldn't be Styles P, of all people. But I wouldn't doubt somebody would, some bullshit rookie rapper at the time would have said that just to get a rise out of people for attention. Or Eminem. Eminem would have said some shit like that. Maybe. Maybe not. He would have lost a lot. I don't think he would have risked pissing off his black fans with that one. That's risky. Yeah. That's shock shit. Yeah, that 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 would be quite the risk. Yeah. And the the whole the whole problem with this rumor is that it is not true. There is audio of what is alleged to be that verse, and it sounds very fake. One of the things you hear about audio that's been doctored uh, especially to make it seem like someone's voice is on it who actually isn't mm -hmm. one of the things you want to do is put a lot of background noise in that recording so it, it it's a little bit harder to suss out if it's real or fake so uh with that said i'm going to play a little bit of this recording that was finally posted that is alleged to be this styles p verse here we go Here's the thing, that doesn't even sound like either of because this is supposed to be Jada Kiss and Styles P. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like it. Not at all. 
so this video is it's like a minute long. We'll link to it. But you do eventually hear what is supposed who is supposed to be Styles P saying that line in that recording. But someone eventually came forward and said that recording was fake and that they made it. This is a quote. Me and my friend did the shit initially to piss off some Rockefeller fans. I did the voice of both Jada and Styles and my friend mixed it to sound authentic. We used three different crowds, not looped but chopped and layered over each other. We had it hosted on a web page so folks could listen but not download. It could have been GeoCities or something. My homie handled that part. <laughs> so I, I don't think this one is real. I think Styles P is innocent, and yeah. I'm going to get that printed on T-shirts. Yeah, I rock it. In 2014, Styles P commented on this audio after finally hearing it. Here's his quote. This was during a Reddit AMA. I just heard it, and all I have to say to that is, when did I ever have that flow? When was I ever whack? I concur. Yeah, that's a good defense. The locks have been pretty great forever. Mm -hmm. So uh, that one's not true. And it was a little un unbelievable from the beginning. Now let's talk about one that's a little more believable. Uh, Sliceberg, Nicki Minaj is actually Jay-Z. Sorry to just drop that on you, but... Yeah, you got a spoiler alert. <laughs> um... As a producer, I will say this. It is very easy to fuck with the vocals to make it do what you want or need it to sound like. It's not hard. Especially this day and age with technology, it's even easier now. Yeah, they've, like, we've had technology to alter voices for a long time. Like, even auto-tune is, like, 25 years old by now. Like, mm -hmm. stuff like this has been out there. And the theory here, this is one of my favorite ones on the list, just because the video sounds so <laughs> crazy. <laughs> The theory is that in the studio, Jay-Z is recording all of these Nicki Minaj songs, and her vocals are actually just Jay-Z sped up. And then the person we know as Nicki Minaj is just the face of all this. And she's like, I guess she's lip syncing in public? What does her real voice sound like? See, this, this is bad because it's just another thing to discredit female rappers. Like, it's, it's yeah. unnecessary. It, it, it's unnecessary. And and it wouldn't make any sense. Like, there's better ways of attempting this. It seems like something you would do, like, back in the old days, maybe. Like, if you didn't want girls in the studio. Like, it's just, it's just weird. It doesn't make any sense, no. Yeah, it. there was that thing for a while, like the Millie Vanilli thing, where not just them, but a bunch of different groups yeah. would have studio musicians, and then in the video, it would just be people kind of pantomiming. LL Cool J did it. He had the in the video for doing it. Yeah. Instead of just having the woman who he did that song with in the video. LaShawn. Yeah. He had a bunch of models lip sync her lyrics. You thought she was, quote unquote, too heavy. Yeah. Uh, that's a bad look for LL Cool J, if that ever gets dug up again. Right. So, yeah, I could have seen something like, maybe it being something like that. But this this is crazy. J Nicki Minaj did say she's very obsessed with Jay-Z, and that's why she named one of her albums The Pink Print. It's like her version of The Blueprint. All right. But what seems the dumbest about this theory to me, if Jay-Z wanted a female artist out there who was spitting his rhymes, he could just write her rhymes. Like right. you just find someone with a decent voice who can deliver those rhymes adequately and you just do that like that i think we've kind of passed the days where that's as frowned upon as it used to be yeah like cardi b doesn't write her rhymes and people don't give a shit 
Like, Jay-Z could just do that. And why would he make double work for himself? Why would he, like, why would he do your homework, too? Like, it's just, yeah. it's, that's extra work for him. Like, what the fuck? It doesn't make any sense. And it, it seems like this all stems from a 2014 MTV article where the author ran a Nicki Minaj song through an app called Video Star to slow down the vocals. And when they did, it sounded like Jay-Z. And that part's true. There's a whole SoundCloud dedicated to yeah. Nicki Minaj songs that are slowed down to sound like Jay-Z. But there's also a good chance they're not just being slowed down. Like, I think yeah. in a lot of these examples, the voice is being tweaked a little bit more than that. So, so let's listen. Let's listen to, uh, this is, I believe, Super Bass, but slowed down. Brace yourselves, people listening. <laughs> that does sound like Jay-Z. And I, I, I find that very funny. But you can also tell that voice is still being manipulated in some way. Like, it doesn't exactly sound like Jay-Z. Yeah. The picture, the thumbnail on this video is horrifying. (laughs) Okay, is that what Jay-Z sounds like when he sings? I doubt it. No, you see, it's the, um, it's the, um... The fact that she kind of rhymes, she rhymes in his same similar cadence. Yeah. So when you slow it down, too, because of the way her voice, it may, you know, that's done on purpose from her part as far as style. But some people do sound like people. If you play with the, the tempo of someone's voice, you can alter it to sound like. Yeah. And even her having a similar flow or cadence, when you take into account how obsessed with Jay-Z she said she is, that just, I mean... She was just influenced by Jay-Z. Right. Like, that's all That's all that would be. Like, musicians are influenced by other musicians all the time. Also, it doesn't work quite as well when you just speed up Jay-Z lyrics to make them sound like Nicki Minaj. Right. Let's uh, listen to a uh, example of that. This is Drunk in Love by Beyonce, Sped Up. Like, I don't know if anyone would hear that and go, oh, that's Nicki Minaj. Like, there's similarities, but not, like, not enough. I fucking love Drunk in Love. That's a good song. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know about this one. Nah. I'm pretty sure Nicki Minaj is not actually Jay-Z. This is an example of just playing with audio. Yeah. Uh, that is that is the first half of this episode. I made the right choice splitting this up. This would have been two hours long. 
on the next episode, part two, we're going to run through the, the final five, kicking off with possibly my favorite one on the whole list, which is that Shakira and Pitbull uh, predicted a horrible tragedy that happened in the 2010s. Totally true. Yeah. Pro- that one I do 100% believe. So be on the lookout for that. Until then, do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Sliceberg, how about you? Uh, yeah, I have a new album out on my Bandcamp. It's called uh, She, Her. Uh, you can check it out on my Bandcamp, slicebergslim.bandcamp.com. I don't really have anything to plug. Patreon.com slash unpops, unpopsnetwork.supercast.tech. You can uh, subscribe there to get bonus episodes. Also, you can subscribe right in the Spotify app if that's where you listen to podcasts. And you can get your bone con there. Don't have to do any extra work, lazy bones. Uh, All right, and that's it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Sliceberg, say goodbye. Goodbye, people. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.